All right, Justin. What is your favorite scary movie? I'm just kidding. Justin's not here. Heather, <laughs> what's your favorite scary movie? Favorite scary movie? Get out. Am I supposed to quiz you on that now? And then murder you if you get something wrong? I don't know. I mean. Who played the mom? Oh, man. It's. Catherine Keener. Uh, trick question. I meant. I meant the guy's mom. Ha You die. <laughs> oh, my. Does that count? Yeah, like that, that's, that's about right. Mm-hmm. That's the if dying is the equivalent of like not getting a point, basically. Who was Daniel Kalua's mother in Get Out? Uh, exactly. No point for you. Did they even show his mom? I guess they did. No, they at didn't. one point, mm. not his mom. But I don't know. What else do you do for Scream? I mean, the only thing I can think of is like a song that has the word Scream in it. All right, Heather, what's your favorite song with the the word Scream in it? I put myself in a corner. And I have an um, answer. There is a correct answer to this. Oh, hold on. There, it's like I have the lyrics in my head and I can't. Uh, I'm piecing it together. Hold on, hold on. Oh, man. See, the only song that came to mind isn't one I'm considering my favorite, but it's the only one I can think of. And it's the Janet Jackson, Michael Jackson scream song. That makes me want to scream. That's the only one I can think of. I guess you'll get a point for that. That is the correct one, but you didn't really sing it the right way. But you sang it, I guess. I, <laughs> so. I didn't. It's been a while since I've heard that. I take that back. There was one other acceptable answer, and that would have been the ice cream, you scream. We all scream for ice cream because they technically oh. made a little jingle out of that at one point. So, right, but would the jingle have been a song? It would have been enough for this to count. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I mean, who knows? Here's the song. Somebody have listened to me. Nobody knows anything but you. All right. Are you ready? Yes. Come on. Cinema Slayers. 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 Hey, Cinema fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Just Heather because Justin didn't watch this movie because he was like, I'm too good for this. I watch things like Tragedy of Macbeth. I don't watch things like the Scream 5 requel C-boot movies. 
because I'm too good for them. And I like highbrow shit like Macbeth. That's a direct okay. quote from him. He says he likes <laughs> highbrow shit like Macbeth. So. What can you do? We begged and pleaded. We were like, Justin, <laughs> please just watch Scream 5. And he's like, nope. I refuse. I'm just kidding. He had some work, you know, he got in the way. I get it. it happens to me every like <laughs> six or eight weeks. So, um, yeah, so we were doing this one without Justin. Uh, we were talking about what we liked and like and everything in between with the newest iteration of Scream. Uh, we will go spoiler free recommendations and scores and, and then into a more spoiler centric section. With time codes in the description to help you bounce around if you so require. I also feel bad because I kind of spoiled part of our Macbeth episode that I realized even though we record before this or recorded it before this comes out after this one. Oh yeah, that's right. It's a spoiler alert, kids. <laughs> JK. Justin likes highbrow shit like Macbeth. And you'll hear that next week. Where he says it, not me. You'll listen to that episode and go, yep, Sterling called it or quoted it or however the fuck you want to word it. Anyway, Heather, what are your spoiler free thoughts about this here? Uh, scream reboot sequel five, whatever the fuck it is. Scream 2022. Um, so I, Honestly, I I liked this a decent amount. Like I wouldn't say it was up there as like a favorite or anything like that. Um it's definitely not better than the original in any sort of way, but I think they did a good job with the I guess making it relevant and making certain things they talk about in it relevant to horror and cinema and tropes and things like that. I think they they really, I, I would say this is the right way to do sort of like a meta type of movie, if you will. Um, if you like compare it to how the matrix did it in their newest movie, it's definitely done a lot better. And so I I think if you're going to do that type of thing, this is the best type of way to do it because it's amusing and it's funny, but it kind of, it fits with the story that they're actually trying to tell in the movie as well. So um, I thought that was well done. Of course, there's some flaws with that. And um, just like many of these types of movies, there's, you know, plot holes and things like that. But um, I think it was fun. Like it was an entertaining movie. It, um, you know, when I watch when I watch it, it just does remind me of the first one. And when it came out and just the iconicness of what that movie brought to horror films at the time and um you know it does some callbacks it does things like that it's it's pretty good i think that the characters are while definitely predictable in a lot of places i did like um i did like some of the characters i liked most of the characters um in one way or another so yeah i mean you know they bring back some old people from it they they put some new people in it um I think it did lack sort of in tying together some parts of the story, but I kind of didn't expect necessarily that it was going to be done very well in the first place. Um, 
you know, it was good though to see some of the the OGs of the Scream franchise um, and references and things like that that they make. It is, um, I, I mean, and I haven't seen all of the Scream movies that recently. I've seen a few of them within the past year or so, yes, but not all of them. And I would say some of what they do in this one, it feels a little bit more um, like gory, maybe, or just showing the violence in a greater way in this one. Maybe I'm mistaken, um, but yeah, I feel like there are parts of this that actually, you know, show things in it that they didn't in the other movies as far as how how they do certain killings and scenes and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously a lot of it's predictable and a lot of it's very, you know, convenience factor sort of thing, but, um, I didn't hate it. I, I, I did enjoy it. I think it was maybe well, there's five of them. I mean, it's probably sitting in the middle for me of the screen movies. So yeah, I liked it a decent amount. Um, I don't know how I quite feel about the meta-ness of this one. I know that's a hallmark of, of, of the Scream franchise. But. Like, it, I just don't know. How I really like this one. Because I kind of feel like this movie tried to to swing on some movies that are just way better than it. (laughs) Like, this movie tries to go after high concept horror or elevated horror a little too much. Oh, you think they were taking a swing at it? (sighs) Yeah. Okay. I kind of feel like this movie had the mindset of, of some people I pissed off a few years ago. <laughs> like, I'm just going like, it's a slasher film. What do you expect? Type of mentality to it. Of, you know, it can just be a slasher film. It doesn't have to have anything else. You don't have to elevate anything. You don't have to try, really. Those types of things. I kind of feel like there were certain aspects of this movie that were trying to say that. And maybe that was the fandom or whatever it was trying to show because this movie does also kind of call out toxic fandom in a way. But I don't think it necessarily does it very effectively. Like, you know, you have the, this, there, there's a twin sister character at one point in the movie, she's talking about like how they're, these franchises, like when they go and they make a movie that is like so far removed from the original that people love and cared for and like grew up on that it that it is and can be considered like 
like an attack, like an insult to mm-hmm. them. And I'm like, well, fuck, that's dumb. I don't like that. Because to me, it, 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 gets, it does get into a gray area, I understand, of like, who at a certain point owns these movies? You know, like, does George Lucas have the right to go back and remake and change and these, like, these beloved Star Wars movies years after they came out? And then not sell the originals anymore? Like, do they, does, does he really have the right to do that? Like, to change what people grew up on for 20 years? You know, like, is it his movie at that point? Is it his movie to do that with? I understand legally it is, mm-hmm. but it's like, like, is it ethically or morally or just realistically still his at that point type of situation? Yeah. You know, I used to side with Lucas. But then I kind of want to side with fans. But then at the same time, with the way this movie presented it all, no, fuck him. I wanted to side with Lucas again. And they're like, you know, as fans, you know, it's like a personal attack on us because I'm like, no movie is that anymore. Nothing should be like in cinema and movies and all kinds of stuff. Nothing should be that sacred anymore. Like. No, it's fine if shit changes. I just, I don't know if they, they actually made fun of or attacked or commented on like toxic fandom as much as they think they did. I think, I think they thought they did a real good job of it. And I think in doing so, they, secretly also sided with another toxic version of fandom. And I'm just like, fuck, this is dumb. And like, mm-hmm. I just, okay. I don't feel like what, what, what made the, the meta-ness of the first three screen movies work, but like really well was the character of Randy. You know, that character yeah. is what made it work. Because even though he, is this the spoilers, right? Spoilers? Spoilers. No, it's not spoilers. Well, this is spoilers <laughs> for those movies. Yeah. Like, he dies in the second one, right? Yeah. It's straight slaughtered in the yeah. second one. And, you know, they even have him come back for the third because he pre-recorded a message in case it becomes a trilogy. And then... In in Scream 4, they had, like, five kids that were all Randys. And then in this one, it's one girl that's a Randy, but then everybody's kind of a Randy. <laughs> yeah. The, the, you, you've got a main Randy, though. But unfortunately, it just is, it's... She lacks the charm of Randy. Like I can see that, yeah. 
and and, and so it just because she, she I feel like was toxic with her fandom. I think that's the issue is whilst they were making fun of toxic fandom with other characters and how they portrayed their fandom, I feel like they portrayed a different type of toxic fandom with her and tried to justify it by making her the Randy. Mm-hmm. And like, it doesn't work. And they went a little too meta with Randy in this movie. And I'll get into that in spoilers too. But like, I'm like, come on, come on. Like this movie about getting meta with horror movies that get meta. Like just out, like it, it, it tried to put meta on top of meta. Like they wanted to inception a meta concept. <laughs> they wanted meta in the meta, in the meta, in the meta. They wanted so much meta. It became a Facebook company called meta. Like this formed what it like Facebook wants to turn itself into the metaverse. Like fuck. Like <laughs> there are some bare bones elements to this that I don't think are bad. You know, there are some elements of this that I think are really great moments for the scream franchise. I think this movie does outshine the fourth scream. I yeah. think it I think it's tied with the third. I think the first two screen movies are better than this. But it's not the worst. Yeah. But I don't think I think the smart thing about Scream 3 is if you're dumb enough to watch it more than once. It has enough charm to actually like to win you over a little bit. And so maybe that's what elevates Scream 3 up to this movie. I don't know. But in my head, I can't say this is better than the third at this point. I can't say the third is worse or like, but it's not worse than the third. No. So yeah, it's tied with the third. Definitely behind the first okay. two. I think the ending of this makes as much sense as it does the third screen movie. <laughs> I don't know. Let's move on. Recommendations and scores? Yeah. Recommendations and scores. I mean, I will recommend it um, if you're a fan of the Scream franchise. I think it's a it's a nice, fun nod to the franchise and the original and the characters and things like that. Um, and I do get what you're saying about like the uh, not necessarily well, maybe a knock on the type of horror that people watch now and are into now. But I guess for me, I I think I liked how this one was able to kind of change and change with the times, I guess you could say. Like, I I like how it it felt relevant to today because it's movies that kids today would be talking about as like great horror films and, you know, just things like that. So I actually I thought that was kind of like clever that they did that. You know, they 
they they updated some references and things like that. So for me, I guess that didn't bother me because I saw it more as like, okay, that sounds accurate to something that a kid that age today would say, you know? So um, I guess I just appreciated that because it, I don't know, it just, it made it feel like it was updated and more modern, I guess. Um, But I mean, you're not going to get anything spectacularly new in this one that you haven't gotten from any of the other movies. Um, just a more, you know, fresh story with fresh faces kind of, but again, I liked it enough. It was a fine enough movie for me to say that, you know, it was worth a watch. Like, will I actively seek out watching it a lot? No, but I wouldn't say I'll never watch it again. If it happens to come up as a movie that someone wants to watch or, you know, a a horror marathon or something, I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. So I, I do recommend it because I, I think that it would be good for if you are a fan of the franchise, a fan of the franchise, then you would um, you would want to know kind of how it how it ends in a sense. So, yeah, I think it would be worth watching. So I will recommend it knowing full well it's not like this is the most amazing thing you'll ever see, but it was not bad. So sure watch it. Mostly if you're into the Scream franchise, watch it. Um, I will give it um, I'm going to go with I'll give it 70 stabs right through the face uh, out of 100. Stabs through the face, oh my. Um, You can watch it. It's fine. You can not watch it. That's fine, too. It's very much one of those movies you can watch or not watch. I don't know if it, your life is really going to change either way. <laughs> no one would, you know, judge you either way, basically. <laughs> I don't think you're going to remember this movie much either way. I watched this less than a week ago. I'm, st- I'm starting to struggle. <laughs> you know, it just... <sighs> nothing about this movie is really that memorable. It's not... Terrible. It's just not memorable either. I mean, mm. this movie also falls into a lot of tropes of itself. It's like, yeah, we wouldn't do these tropes, but we're doing them. But we're doing them because we said we wouldn't do them. So we know what we're doing. You're like, okay. But yeah, watch it. Don't watch it. You do you. I can't, I can't tell you how to live your life, people. You do you. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I'll give this 50 to 60. So yeah, anywhere from 50 to 60. Uh, I really am enjoying my lime uh, mineral waters right now out of a hundred. Uh, spoiler. Yeah. Spoilers. I don't know. I don't remember enough of this movie anymore to give it a better score than that. <laughs> Like staring at my little can of lime mineral water is just infinitely more memorable than most scenes in this movie. So I was like, fuck yeah. I get that. I love you, lime mineral water. I love you. (laughs) Not to be confused with lime seltzer water, which I had one of those earlier. 
If it's mm. just bougie, fancy water, I've just been all about it lately. I want my bougie, fancy waters. I want my bougie, fancy uh, coffees that I make at home now. All kinds of stuff. I'm just a bougie bitch now. I'm in my bougie little blanket hoodie uh, sitting here. So, yeah. Bougie. Anyway. Um, spoilers, right? I played the thing, right? Spoilers. Play it again. Who gives a fuck? Um. <laughs> yeah. So the killers in this, I didn't. I wasn't a fan of that. I wasn't a fan of who the killers ended up being. I agree. I think it was lazy, whilst trying to be smart. You know. Yeah. I think it. I think it just thought it was being so smart that it outsmarted being lazy and it just was lazy. You know? Mm. Like, because it tells you several times in the movie it's them. And it's very predictably them. Like, I was not surprised at all. Like, when it goes, aha, we's the killers, I'm like, yeah, no shit. You've been saying it the whole fucking movie. We know. And and, and that's not to right. like try to like be like, oh, I got it. You didn't. No, these movies are just kind of lazy like that to me. I've. I was able to predict the Scream 4 killer without watching the movie. Just based on the trailers. At least one. Really? One. I didn't get the second one. I got the main one. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and it pissed uh the guy that does our logos, Mundo. It pissed him off. Because he really liked the movie and we were talking about it because I little known fact about me and Mundo, we used to work together at a restaurant together. That's where we met. You know, we're doing prep work, all that shit in the kitchen, and you know, he was talking about how he really liked the movie and all this other shit. And I'm like, why? It's really obvious who the killer is. And he's like, Well, who's the killer then? And I was like, well, I don't know if I know all of them because there's typically more than one in a screen movie. And spoilers for that one. I was like, it's the, the Emma Roberts character. How did you get that from the trailer, though? <laughs> because they said it was her family. Mm. Like that was her, like her niece or whatever. And I'm like, these movies are lazy. It's going to be her. <laughs> okay, That's, fair enough. That was and my sole right. reasoning behind it is I was like, they're lazy. It's her. Okay, fair enough. Kind of like so this you movie. Knew, you knew who this was then? Well, yeah. I didn't deduce it the exact same way that I did that one. But uh, the first two killers that th- the first two people accused of being the killer in this movie are the two people. And you want to say who they are? Oh, yeah, we're in spoilers. It's. Yeah. <laughs> the young girl's friend and the main girl's boyfriend. Uh, yeah. Which is, the sisters, the sisters. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So the older sister's boyfriend and the younger sister, who's the, who was supposed to be the first victim, her best friend. And. Yeah. Her older sister's boyfriend. Because they met on the internet. Because 
sure. Whatevs. <laughs> yeah. Like, I sure that's a thing, I guess. But yeah, I mean, and I, I'm kind of with you on that in the sense of it. I it's I it wasn't surprised. Like I wasn't surprised at that decision really when it came down to it. But I will say, yeah, I was a little bit disappointed because, you know, the whole thing is in the originals and all that. It's it is the boyfriend. Right. And like, so I was just kind of hoping that it wouldn't be in this one. Um, And and I also liked, you know, Jack Quaid in the movie. I thought he was probably one of the better characters. So, you know, didn't necessarily want him to be the killer. But I. uh I, I can't say I was surprised by it. Yeah. Well, like the problem with it is, is like this movie thinks it really does think it's so smart. Cause it tells you, like I said, the first two people in the movie that are accused of being the killer, like outright accused of being the killer are those two people. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, well, of course, but like it tells you, it's like, you know, Dewey, the first thing Dewey says is like, rule number one, it's the boyfriend. It's always the boyfriend. Yeah. And then I think it's like rule number two. It's whoever lives in Stumacher's house. Or whatever, which is the friend. Oh, yeah. I don't I don't remember what his actual rule number two was, but it was like, oh, okay. She lives in Stumacher's house. But like, it's just... This movie kept telling you it was those two people. And then would like give you like would fake out and then go back to it being those two people. Which is what every other fucking one of these movies has done. With the exception of the third movie. The third movie just comes so far out of left field. Like with who the killer is and his motivations. It just makes no sense that it's that guy. But what else? And that's also the only movie where it's one killer. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's the same shit from Scream 2, though. When they're like, it's the boyfriend, it's the boyfriend, it's the boyfriend. Oh, it wasn't the boyfriend. Like, I felt like they were trying to repeat that to trick you into doing exactly what they said they were doing. You know what I mean? That's why I think that they think they were a little smarter than what they were. That to me, it felt like they're like, oh, we'll do Scream 2 all over again, but it will be the boyfriend in this time because it'll be like the first one. Which, speaking of that, yeah. Once again, with a requel, because I think that that's what they're terming this movie as a requel. I think a sea boot is a better movie or a better word. But once again, they go back to showing shit from the first movie like The Matrix did. And like, holy fuck, what is with these movies this year that are continuing franchises and just constantly like directly showing footage of the shit? Like, what the fuck, people? They show scenes directly from the first movie. They show uh, footage 
also then they, they then they do a meta version of that by showing footage of stab one. Mm-hmm. And then they go into this other shit. It's just like I whatever. And then they try to like seem like they're doing like a crazy thing by Han soloing fucking Dewey in this movie. <laughs> yeah. And then I can tell again, you that I did know he was going to die from the trailers. Yeah. <laughs> it's obvious he was going to die. I think they should have had the balls and killed more people. Own this trilogy. Like, do what this thing was saying they were doing. Fucking kill Gail Weathers. Fucking kill Sidney Prescott. Fucking kill uh, Randy's sister. Mm-hmm. Like, also, why the fuck did Randy's sister's son, the, bro- the twin brother of the Randy character in this movie, why did he live? A, his femoral artery was cut. He, yeah. He would have bled to death very quickly. That's not a slow bleed injury. Right. No, you die so fast from that. But then he got stabbed more times, and then just because he was lying in the lawn, he lived? Yeah, that one didn't make sense to me. I was certain he was dead. I knew that the sister was going to live, because that's the Randy thing. Because, of course, they did the exact same thing. And she lived, Randy style. Because mm. this movie, whilst trying to tell you what it's doing, just copies the first movie almost scene for scene, like it felt like. Everything in it just felt like they ripped off the first movie. While saying they're like, you know horror movies like rip off stuff? Yeah. Type of situation. They're like, yeah, we're just getting back to the basics. Which... Ever since Star Wars Force Awakening came out and really ripped off A New Hope, everything that's like a fucking return to a franchise just rips off the first fucking movie. That's what they're all doing at this point. And it's just driving me nuts. Ghostbusters did it. The Matrix did it. (laughs) Fucking Spider-Man did it in a way. Like They're just all going back to the first movie and going, man. Sacred cow. Even if you want to do Halloween kills, really, I mean, it's the That's second of true. the whatever, but yeah, references the, the original. Yeah, directly kind of doesn't rewrite or doesn't retcon a scene, but kind of does. Like they refilm a yeah. scene technically of it, you know? And you're just like, what are we doing, people? And also, what movie are they making fun of with Stab 8? When they're like referencing that like, oh, this movie ruined the Stab franchise. When they were like, it was all ghost face and he's all hulked out and using a flamethrower instead of a knife. And all this <laughs> other shit. What are they trying to make fun of? That I don't know because otherwise I would say Scream 4. But yeah, I don't know actually. I just don't know what movie really went that far off the rails in that regard. Outside of like some of your like late aught early 2010s 
sequels kind of did some of that stuff. Like with Jason and Friday the 13th. You know, they tried to revamp those a little bit by making them a little bit more modern and flashy and kind of some stuff like that. But, you know, outside of that, like. I don't really know any horror franchise that has gone that far off the rails. Like even even Hollywood. Knows you don't do a movie called Stab. And have the character use a flamethrower. Right. You know, and like, I know they were trying to make fun of some of the other, like, reboot sequel types of things that they've done in the past with some of the stuff or some of the reboots with, like, A Black Christmas, which they also ignored that technically that's been rebooted twice within the last 10 years. Like, mm. Black Christmas has been hit twice. Uh, did we do an episode on Black Christmas? I don't did, think we did. Or did I just mm. watch that movie? Oh, that felt dirty. That's not a movie <laughs> you should just watch. Anyway. But, you know, they, yeah, they've dipped their... Uh, they've done that with most major horror franchises at this point. Or just horror movies in general. They've They've redone a ton of them. Prom night. Uh, like I said, Black Christmas, two different times. Um, oh, fuck. Of course, now that I say that they've done that several times, I only can name like three. But that's not a new thing. There was that one. What was that one where the guy's inside the house? When that, a stranger calls? Sure, that one. That's another yep. version of all this stuff. There's like a billion. I, I don't know why I'm struggling right now. I am not like. So if you listen to our Macbeth episode next week. You'll hear me being very loopy because I'm severely sleep deprived in this episode or in that episode. We're recording this two days later. I have not gotten that much more sleep since then. I'm still not not sleep deprived. And like I said, this movie's kind of tough because it's not truly that memorable. It's got some decent death scenes in it. But like one scene I don't like in this movie that is just one of those ultra convenient scenes is when they kill the sheriff who... Wasn't she in Scream 2? She was in 4. Oh, it was 4, 4, 4, yeah. Mm-hmm. The one the one that everybody, she's like, loves Dewey, but... Yeah. Yeah, that one. So she's now the sheriff, and... Like, this guy kills her in front of her house after she races back over there, going full tilt, past news reporters and all this other shit and and telling cops to get to her house and it takes like 27 minutes for cops to show up right yep you know they have time to kill her and her kid before she shows up or before anybody shows up like if I'm remembering correctly I think the reporters 
that I was talking about that she goes by twice are at the police station? Like, I think they're outside the police station. I could be wrong on that, but I thought that's what it was. And I'm like, that's like two minutes from her house. Your boss, the sheriff or chief, whatever the fuck she was, is on the radio saying, get to my house now. Right. And it takes them fucking 45 minutes to get there. Two minutes away. It's too convenient. Yeah. You know? No, I get that. Yep. And then, like... And it does... I mean, it does also rely a lot on, like... Um... For example, like uh, when Sydney is at the house and she's shooting through the closet and she ends up shooting um, the boyfriend, you know, like just some of those things where it's like convenience of they they couldn't have predicted that she was going to do that. You know what I mean? But it kind of just worked in their favor in a way. No, you're absolutely right on that. Like this movie very much has that writer's problem of technically they create problems, but they just ignore it like completely with some of that stuff. Like it's like, I get the the whole thing with like Sydney just shooting through the doors and all kinds of stuff. But that is such an unpredictable behavior Mm. for what, like, these killers were supposedly so smart to figure out. Exactly. Yep. You know? That's more what it is. Yeah, for sure. So it does become a mess with some of that. And, like, yeah, I get that it's the trope that they've done. And they did it two times in this movie of, like, no, you have to shoot them in the head. But like, right. That little girl was burnt to fucking shit. <laughs> she really was like burnt yeah. to shit. Like, come on, come on. And I also, and also, as like going back a little bit to the convenience factor thing, like, how could they have predicted, or how could the boyfriend have predicted, one hundred percent that the girl would have been like. Or that the sister would have been like, let's just stop to get my asthma medication that's at this girl's house. Like, yeah, he took the inhaler with the hopes that that would happen. But as crazy as things were going down in the town at that time and all the murders, like how would he have known that she was going to do that? And what would have been the plan if they would have been like, you know what? I just want to get out of here. Let's go to the nearest place we can and get another one. You know what I mean? Yeah, or something, you know? Like, also, why couldn't they just stop by the house and get another one or something? Like, right. Just go back to the hospital where they were, or like, or like, you know what I mean? They didn't say any of those other things to like warrant that situation. Yeah, exactly. But like, I don't know. There's just so many other things they could have done. Because they could have seriously just gone, look, we're driving to the next town. We're going to stop at the emergency room and we'll just get you an inhaler there because they'll give you a prescription there. 
because you'll be like having an asthma attack. So you'll yeah. get a prescription, you know? Like, yep. There's just so many loose factors like that. Like, when everybody shows up at the party and all this other shit, like, yeah, you know. And also, uh, I'm like, because there, there's two of them, right? I mean, it's the girl and the guy, and supposedly the the very beginning scene when it's Tara, the sister, who is in the house and is the victim and gets stabbed a bunch of times. It's supposedly the best friend doing that. But if I'm not mistaken, like the height and strength of that one would have had to have been the guy. And the guy was with the sister in a completely different town or state or whatever, you know, like I just, and maybe I'm wrong, but it felt to me like the ghost face that was in the house with the girl at the beginning was taller and definitely not a tiny girl, (laughs) you know? Well, they do that a couple of times though. Yeah, that's true. They do the same thing with Dewey at the hospital. Yeah. There was no way that that would have been the girl. (laughs) You're right. That, that, that girl like almost picks him up via knives. She has enough strength to, like, rip open his insides. Yep. And, like, lift him up on on the knives to do so. I don't know if I have that much strength. Right. Because that's all in the forearms. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's such a specific muscle group you would need to do that. Right. And if I'm not mistaken, the girl really was the one doing all of the killing until the last scene when he's in the house with all of them as well. Because most of the time he's either off on his own or he is with the girlfriend. So it feels like most of the killings are actually happening from the girl. That's what I was trying to think of. Because... There's a few times that he could do it. But then, like I said, that relies on other people's shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he was the one that killed the sheriff in the sun. You think so? Okay. Just based on how I they framed that was... it. Okay. Maybe you're right. Yeah, because I was thinking that was the girl, too, because I thought that was the scene where um, I think what the girlfriend calls him and he's like on Netflix watching all the stab movies or whatever. I thought that was around that time. But again, I could be mistaking. It depends on how much time you put between the stuff. That's true. Yeah. You know. Which, again, they sort of it's it is one of those situations where you almost feel like they're also kind of you know, misleading the audience in scenes like that, where he's just on Netflix watching that stuff, like as if he had never seen it before and things like that. Like that was for us. Cause that definitely for somebody who's trying to mastermind a killing with another person from miles away, like, you know, it just feels like that would not have actually been a thing that was happening in that moment. And they did that just for us, you know? Yeah. Because it's, he does go from, I've never seen any of the stab movies to like, 
I've watched them all and I'm now deep diving shit on YouTube. Right. Like he does that in like a day and a half. Whilst mm-hmm. other shit's going on. You know, he's not always able to watch these movies. Mm-hmm. But like, you absolutely might be right that that girl kills everybody. Yeah, until his, you know, until they're in the house and he tries to stab the girl, you know. Yeah, and I'm trying to think. You know, the party at the end. He can't be the killer while everybody's there. But he can be one of the ones doing some of the stuff after everybody's kicked out. Mm -hmm. Like, theoretically, he could have been the one that stabbed the new Randy character. I I think. Because supposedly he was just downstairs getting beers when she gets attacked and everything. Technically, I guess he could have also killed the, the, the twin brother, too. No, because he got attacked when everybody was still at the party. Oh, right, right, right. And uh, by the time they got there, they kicked everyone out. You're right. Yeah, you're right. No, because I was thinking the same thing until I remembered that part. But like. They they he could have been the one that attacked the sister at the hospital. You know. Because he was supposedly just right down the hall. He could have attacked her. And then just went back. Because they didn't go over there first before the cop came. You know what I mean? True, but there was the scene when one of, when the ghost face stabbed him or something in the arm, right? No, no, no. I'm talking about when Ghostface attacks the older sister in like the lounge room in oh, the hospital. The older sister. Got yes. it. Yep. You're right. No, no, no. Because you are absolutely right. He gets the quote unquote fake stab that they do from, in all the Scream movies to mislead you where one of the killers gets attacked by the other killer. Yeah, he does get the forearm slash mm-hmm. and all this other stuff. Um, because, yeah, that's the one that kills Dewey. That's when the little girl kills Dewey. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> Somehow with her strong forearms. Yeah. And height. That's the thing, too, is I thought the killer yeah. was almost as tall as Dewey, and she's not. Yeah. She's, I mean, I think she's shorter than the girl who was in the wheelchair. Or the girl who was in the hospital in the wheelchair. Like, I Possibly. think when she was up, you know, it felt like she was shorter than her. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and I, I think they play a little fast and loose with that stuff. You know? Yeah. Like, cause the and whole- I'm not going to lie. I did. I did feel like I was surprised that the boyfriend character, and I can't remember his name in this show, but Jack Quaid's character. I'm surprised he didn't end up killing the girl. Because I thought that was going to happen. The the one that was his accomplice. Oh, yeah. I thought so, too. Were they dating also? I believe at one point she calls him babe or baby. So I think so. Oh, this movie's gross. Um, <laughs> That's I true. Think, I didn't think about that. I think the whole point with some of these movies, though, is that like. If these screen movies are done right with the multiple killers, they do a good job of never really letting you know which one's which at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, 
and they're very smart with that. It's just this one, they kind of leave it to where it can only be one most of the time. Right. You know? They were a little bit more careless in this one about that, I think. Like, like I said, the Jack Wade character to me could have killed those two people, the sheriff and her son. But also, like you said, could have not. You know? Yeah. Um. If anything, that was probably the only ones he would have killed. And who knows about the, uh, what was it, the Sydney's assistant, right? I don't know who would have killed her, but. Wait, Sydney's assistant? Oh, that? you know what? I'm sorry. I think I'm mixing, I'm mixing it up with the, the Scream 4 that I saw right before the, the new one. My bad. That was not in this movie. Just you were kidding. throwing me off hardcore. <laughs> um, well, there was the, the guy that was the other girl's boyfriend. But I think that that has to be. Oh, yeah. I think that has to be the, the girl, too. Yeah. Like, just based on the circumstance of where they were. Like, because it just they play it as if Richie, Jack Wade's character, doesn't really leave the older sister's side for most of the time. You know, they kind of play it that way. scene where she storms off. Yeah. And why, why did she storm off? Why was she mad at him? Was she mad at him because he was watching the movies or? What was it she got? I'm trying to remember. But she just stormed off and leaves him. And that's the only time I think he could have gone and killed the sheriff and them and then gone back to the hotel and been like, oh, I'm just chilling, eating pizza. But also, that's poor planning because at any point she could return to the hotel. Right. Before then. Was it when, was it when, um, he started like watching all those movies or something and she got mad at him for it. I don't remember. You're right. I have no idea. I don't remember why she got mad at him. See how memorable this one is guys. (laughs) I'm just, I'm really trying to think and I can't, but then that couldn't have been why, because when she calls him, he's like, no, I'm just here eating pizza. And you know, I'm watching YouTube videos. Like they really went off the rails with, with stab eight. You know, yeah. So that can't be why. I know other people were mad at him for watching Netflix. Oh, is it because she was telling the sister about the dad and he came in? I don't think like so. Like he came in behind. Oh, because he. No, no, no. Because that. Yeah. Because no, he was standing outside the door and heard her talking about it, and she asked him. Like why listening? he still wanted to stay around. Yeah, yeah. So never mind. Yeah. Don't remember, but you're right. She stormed off at one point. Yeah. But like I said, that leaves way too much up in the air to like whether or not she could have like or he could have gone and killed them and gotten back to the hotel to use the cover story. Like that timeline's a little yeah. too fuzzy. So the only other logical explanation is once again it's that girl. Killing everybody in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He doesn't. Does he kill anybody? Definitively? Um, I don't think so because he stabs the girlfriend at the end, but she doesn't die. 
No, I don't know if he does. Doesn't he stab Sydney? Yeah, he stabs Sydney. He stabs the older sister. I don't think he kills anybody. No. And then the girl shoots Gail. Yeah, so no, he... He doesn't actually kill anybody unless he's the one who kills the the sheriff and the son. But otherwise, no, he didn't kill anybody. He was just kind of more, it felt like the mastermind or whatever of the situation. Okay, I'm pulling it up. It's who mm-hmm. killed who in the Scream movie. Oh, nice. While okay. you're looking that up, I I will say I did actually like the scene when um when Richie is in the house and he wants to go down and get a beer or whatever. I do actually like the way that they framed that scene to look almost exactly like what happened in the first Scream movie. I thought that was actually really well done because, I mean, him opening the door and like where the camera's angled, it looked exactly the same. I thought that was actually kind of cool. Yeah. Okay. So the theory is is with the first one with Tara. Richie's the one on the phone. But Amber is the one there. Mm-hmm. And then the guy Vince. Uh, who is Matthew Lillard, Lillard's character uh's nephew that apparently has to be Richie that kills okay. him I'm trying to think of who this but Who was his son? That's or his, uh... Richie's just the ex-boyfriend of that one character that fights with everybody. And then gets killed at the car. Ah, okay. Yeah. So apparently, or no, I'm sorry, that's Vince. I'm sorry, Vince is the guy that gets killed at the car. Right. Supposedly, Richie's okay. the one that did that because Amber left with all her friends. But didn't mm, say they okay. stayed together. And also... That's risking too much because, like, wasn't he supposed to be at the hospital at that point? He's like, oh, no, I've just been sitting here watching Stab. Like, at any point, Mm. they could have woken up and seen he was gone. So that doesn't make too much sense. Okay, so then. With Judy and Wes, which is the ones we were talking about, who is. Uh, the sheriff and her son. This one says it's most likely since Richie is at the hospital at this time, Amber is the one that killed them. Mm-hmm. Oh no. I clicked on an ad. It took me off the, the worst. Page. Um, so then it is Amber. That kills Dewey. 
Liv kills Which Amber. logically doesn't make sense. Oh, that's the last person that dies is Liv. So the only potential one that Richie did is Vince. Maybe. And I yeah. still think that that's a stretch. Right. So that, yeah, I mean, this is the first time when it's like you're, I mean, typically the the two people, it's just you don't know, like you said, like they're good at being like, it really could have been either one of them, you know. But this one, it just yeah. it's way more obvious that it had to have been just the one because they they kind of wrote themselves into a corner with that almost because he's by the girlfriend's side almost the entire time. Yeah. So that takes him away from being the killer. Yeah, it just unless that was the plan was like, hey, I'm going to just do the voice stuff or I'm going to be the one to come up with the plan, but you're going to be the one to execute it, you know, but they don't explain that that's what it is, if that's what it is. Well, that's very true. It just doesn't quite line up. I also feel like they underutilized Sydney in this. Like she was fine, obviously. Like she she did what she's supposed to do in the movie, but it just really kind of makes it feel like she's gonna be in this movie a lot more than she is and play a little bit more of like a pivotal role <laughs> when it really it became more of like, I'm coming in after Dewey dies. And I want to make sure that this girl or these group of friends is okay. So I'm just going to go to the house and then, you, you know, it doesn't really involve Sydney as much as the trailer kind of makes you think it's going to, um, which is kind of a bummer just because, you know, Sydney is iconic in, in these scream films, you know, so you, you want, I mean, for me, I just wanted her to be a little bit more involved with, what was happening or involved with like, I mean, she didn't even kill anybody in this one either. Right. <laughs> like she was just kind of like there because she's the original, she gets stabbed, but then she tells Gail to kill the crazy girl. <laughs> and then I think Sam, is it Sam who kills the boyfriend? The, the, she kills her own boyfriend, right? I think so. I don't know. Doesn't Sydney, Sydney I thought shoots the, I don't know. Right. Sydney at least shoots the burnt chick. Oh, you might be right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Because they're like, oh, they always come back when they're looking at him. And then, yeah, yeah, she turns around and shoots her. You're right. She does. And yeah, it is the girlfriend who kills him because she overkills him because She's got the blood of her father in her is what they make it seem like. So oh, we haven't talked about that yet. Yeah. So the older sister, Sam, in this movie is the illegitimate daughter. of What's his name? Billy. Yep. From Scream One, the killer, the main killer, Sydney's boyfriend. And she randomly sees the ghost of her dead dad all the time. She's on medication for it, mm. but still sees him. But she doesn't just see him. She sees him literally in this from the Scream movie right before he dies. Mm-hmm. Like, it's 
right before he dies. Where he's slightly right. beat he's up. He's got his blood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's the version of him that she sees. Which is weird. Yeah. Because you're either positing that she actually is seeing his ghost and that's why she sees him like that. Or it still doesn't make any sense. I mean, the only other thing I can think of is if it's like, oh, based on the stab movies. And then she superimposes her dad onto that. Right. Maybe, but that's even worse. Right. I'd almost rather it just be that she just happens to know how he looks. Yeah. And then she just like. But he's like weirdly rooting her on to survive doing what he did to people mm-hmm. so that she can do that to the new versions of him. It's very weird. He's like, right. No daughter of mine would get killed by a killer like me. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, and it's also funny. Cause like, wasn't the whole thing that he hated Sydney because her mom slept with his dad. Right. Mm hmm. But then this whole thing of he was apparently in this storyline, he was doing the same thing to Sydney because he had an illegitimate child with some unknown mother. Yeah. The timeline of that doesn't line up either. Yeah. Because there's just, it, it, she's just apparently randomly there. But then she's, it's close enough to when it happens that, you know, he's dead before. The baby's born. But like, I guess it could have been from before he and Sid started dating. Because you don't actually really know. I don't remember. At least I don't remember you knowing how long Billy and Sid had been together at that point. Yeah, that's true. You know, but it, it had to be enough time to where this woman could trick some other guy into thinking he's the dad. Yeah. And I mean, I don't remember from the first one if Billy's technically like an out of towner that came in. But in either case, if not, it would have had to have been somebody at their school. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was somebody at the school. See, and I feel like if they were going to play that angle with it, they should have brought in the mysterious mom into this whole thing as far as like. I don't know, like this small town where nobody apparently ever leaves it. or relatives of the people who've died there never leave it is, um, you know, you just think that the mom would have at least been known or somebody would have, or she, she should have been brought up before now if that was actually a thing or that she would have made some kind of appearance or played a part in like, okay, I was at this school and blah, blah, blah. And they just don't do that at all. And I just feel like they could have used that for part of the story, I guess. To make it worse, too, though, Amber and Richie know her secret because it's a small town and her mom's a drunk. But then how does nobody else know? Yeah, that's fair. Like, that's exactly how Amber says she knows. But no one else knows. Right. So I'm, I'm like... That's a weird excuse to know those things when no one else knows. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. 
And also, and honestly, like, like I feel like, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, is how did nobody else in that town, especially all her friends, or all the friends that are apparently obsessed with the stab movies and stuff in general, anyway, how did they not know that that was Stu Mocker's house? Very true. Like, how did no one else know that? Yep. That's a very good point. Like, for two of the characters, that's the site in which your uncle got stabbed. How did you not know that there was that house? Right. You know, how, and why would that house still be a thing? Like, most places, especially with something that became as big as the Stab franchise did, you know, in this, yeah. most of the time they, they get rid of those houses. Right. Because all it is is a bunch of asshat fucking people going, oh my God, this is a house where people died. Right. So I don't know. That just makes no sense. Yeah, you're right. I mean, <laughs> the more we talk about it, the more like flaws and plot holes you see with this. Um, but I mean, it for whatever reason, I still didn't hate it. But yeah, it just it's clearly a flawed story of everything. And <laughs> um, I mean, I honestly think that while I'm glad that they didn't make the younger sister who was the first victim part of it because they were sort of at one point trying to play that angle of like oh maybe she's the killer um her motive would have been a little bit stronger if she was though because the you know if she pretends like she doesn't know that the dad you know had an affair and the daughter you know or that the mom had an affair you know what i'm saying like I feel like her motive would have been greater for being the killer because what if she's like, Oh, you think I didn't know that, you know, mom cheated on dad? Well, I do know. And you know, like that would have been a better motive and actually a little bit more in line with the original story in a sense, if they had played that angle, but I'm glad they didn't, (laughs) you know what I mean? So it's, it's kind of like a, a little, you know, conundrum, I suppose. Um, and I really, I actually really like the the character of Tara, the younger sister. Um, I actually feel like her performance acting wise was probably better than most of theirs <laughs> because I mean, when she's, she spends most of the time in a hospital bed, I realize, or very injured and in a wheelchair or crutches or whatever it may be. Like she's injured for most of the time, but man, I believe her being that injured and that in pain like she was just very good at being this very stabbed person in a lot of pain I think her decisions weren't great like when she was in the hospital by herself you know and that scene comes up where all the lights are going out and she's trying to I just don't know if I feel like I would have done what she did and like let me just get out of my room where I can lock the door you know, and just let me like wander the halls of this dark and silent hospital where there's a killer apparently here. I just don't think that was the best choice. Again, most of the decisions in this movie aren't necessarily great, but yeah, like the hospital scene in general was just super weird because I mean, she is 
so slowly rolling that wheelchair around like every wheel like turn that she does is causing her more pain and i just feel like yeah she would have been killed like way sooner <laughs> she she should have been but i realized that the you know they were trying to troll the sister and get the sister there so she didn't kill her right away but Anyway, that's just some thoughts about some of the scenes and the way some things play out. But in all in all, though, I do think that the sister Tara was a really good um, person to add into this movie because I think she did a good job with her specific character. Well, that's fair. Yeah, because she's not like the stupid, you know you know predictable victim you know when like in all the other ones you know the first person that you see they're supposed to be just making all these dumb decisions and whatever like she actually seemed like she was smart enough to figure some things out and make rational decisions for the most part injuries aside so well, that's fair i mean I don't know. With some of the stuff, like, it just got a little weird to me. Like, with how. Like, I do agree that the younger sister, I think, did act very well. I mean, I don't, I didn't really necessarily have a problem with any of the acting in this movie. Because for the most part, acting in this movie, everybody just has to act like a dumb teenager. (laughs) right so I'm like that's fine but like I did think it's slightly weird that like no one really has parents like the West one did you know it was his mom was the sheriff and then the twins Mm -hmm. did because their mom was Randy's sister but like nobody just really has parents like Amber's parents were just yep. gone. Tara and Sam's mom was just out in London or something. Just in London. Right. Like. What town is this? Is it Willowbrook? Something, I think so. Willowbrook like, or Westbrook. Like, maybe Westboro. Westboro. Yep. Yes. That's it. The town of Westboro is like, it's a weird small town that is apparently nothing but rich people. Like yeah. they just go out of town all the time or whatever. And like, you know, it's like everybody acts like Westboro is a small town, but then they're like, the mom's like, Oh, I'm going to go get sushi. How many small towns have sushi? <laughs> That's fair. You know, it's like, it's always small towns, but like just everybody has a billion dollars. And like smart locks and all that crazy shit. Like, it's just so weird. I don't actually understand what Westboro actually is. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I mean, and I think I, that like, I will say I liked Dewey's character development. Like, I think he, not that there was much development, but I guess I just mean 
his demeanor the and de- sort well, of it's, the it's the development of the character off screen between movies. Exactly. Yeah. Cause he his his demeanor and his whole approach and his whole way of himself is very different in this movie than any of the other ones. And I liked it because it felt like kind of true to probably him being like, okay, I got to grow up. I got to just, you know, my life sucks right now. And, you know, just, it felt very much more how Dewey should be at this point in life with everything that he's been through. So I appreciated that they did that off-screen development and made him sort of like the, the wise one that was able to kind of guide them through like, listen, if you're in this situation, here's some things to know. I, I appreciated that they gave him that moment because Sydney's not in town, right? He's kind of the only one there that's going to be able to help them with that kind of thing. And so I did, I did like how they did that for him. Well, like, and I don't remember a ton from Scream 4 because I really did not enjoy Scream 4 when I finally did see it. But yeah, it's not great. Like one of the issues with this movie I have, though, is like, well, I mean, I guess one of the things I appreciate, though, is like. Of all the old characters, whatever, like I really liked what they did with the Dewey character in this, like him and Gail did officially split up because, you know, David Arquette and Courtney Cox really did split up. Yeah. And. I just kind of like the fact that like he didn't really hate her for it. Like he knew yeah, like it was more him than her as to why it didn't work out. You know, like she's in New York or whatever now or LA where the fuck she was. And like, that was not his life. And he tried, but he couldn't really right. do it. And yep. he loved her so much. He did not want her to have to choose or abandon what she was doing. You know? Yeah. So he left and he went back to, to Westboro and then just really couldn't keep it together. Cause you know, the guy has been like stabbed no less than 57 times. It's true. Like He's been through a lot. And so you know, he couldn't really physically cut it, couldn't mentally cut it, all kinds of stuff anymore. And like, but he didn't really hold that against anybody either. You know, like. He yeah. knew what he was and what was going on. But like, I like the fact that he still loved her so much that. You know, he would watch the show still just because. Yeah, because she was on it. You know, that's all he had left was seeing her happy yeah. doing what she wanted to do and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I did like that. Yeah. And, you know, and while he was hurt that he's not with her anymore, he was still happy for her, you know, and would still like, you know, uh, be happy in her success, even though it made her, it made him sad type of situation. Like, yeah. And then, you know, also being like with Sydney, she's like, Hey, you know, I'm glad that these people have you to protect them because he's been there and protected her so much, you know, Mm -hmm. and this kind of the kick in the butt he needed 
to do something and to be more proactive and stuff. Like it really was a great story arc for him that they did most of it between movies and you just catch Mm -hmm. the end of it, but they do a good job of, of really settling in what that is, you know? Yep. That's true. And I, I mean, and I will even say for, for Sydney, I mean, for as much as she's not in it all that much, she has some off-screen development too, obviously. Cause I mean, she's got kids and I guess married or at least with somebody. Um, and that's a great like story for her too, because of just everything she's been through. She kind of had her happy ending, right? Cause she's got this family now. And that actually was a little bit of her motivation too. Of Well, not motivation, but I guess, yeah, in a sense it was, it was like, listen, the, this, person knows me they're out doing the same stuff i've got kids now i'm not dealing with it anymore we're ending it now and i appreciated that because of her development and her growth and the fact that she's a different person with a family now that was where her motivation came from at that point so i did think they do some oddly kind of profound um off-screen development for our old school characters (laughs) yeah but Honestly, I do think it's kind of shitty of Sydney that she's like, I've got a family now. That's why I want these other people to stop dying. Why can't you just want the other people to stop dying? Because, you know, you shouldn't want people to die. Yeah, I get that. That's fair. It's kind of like the whole situation of like, it drives me nuts when you hear stories about something like a woman being assaulted or something like that. And you know, like a, a male person or will say something like, well, you know, I, I have a mother or a sister or a daughter or, you know, or wife. Like, so I understand like you don't want anybody to go through that. Why can you just not understand? Nobody should go through that. Why do you have to have a woman in your life to go, you know what? Women shouldn't experience violence in that level. But then on top of that, why do you have to limit it to just like women? People probably shouldn't be experiencing violence or rape or sexual assault or any of these different, all these different situations. Why can't we just go, you know what? People shouldn't have to go through that. Yep. Nope. I agree. I just hate it. Like, I just hate those people that like, you know, now that I've got daughters, I wouldn't want somebody talking to my daughter like I used to talk to people. Well, okay, but why did you need a daughter to realize that? Like, couldn't you, like, why couldn't you just realize on your own that you talked like a shitty person back in the day? <laughs> you know, like, I just, yeah. I hate that logic. And I'm not saying that that's what this movie did, but I'm just saying what, like, I don't know what you said just reminded me of that and how much I fucking hate that shit. Yeah. Like when it's like, because I have a personal like attachment or I, yeah, I get what you're saying. It's like, that's the only reason that I care because if I was removed from this, it wouldn't matter. It's kind of what it sounds like. Um, Like, or, or these people like, you know, I was against the COVID vaccine until somebody I knew died of COVID and, now I I got the vaccine. So the other hundreds of thousands of people dying of it didn't fucking matter. 
it had to get personal yeah. for it to change. Yeah. And while it's like, <laughs> and while it's like, great, at least you want to do something about the problem. Like, you know, great that you want to kill this person so that they're not killing other people or whatever the situation may be. Like, <laughs> just do it because it needs to be done in the first place. You know what I mean? Um, and I, I don't know if this is the angle they were going with it, but did it sound to you like apparently Sydney knew that Billy had a daughter? Or do you think that's something that just probably in the midst of everything going on, somehow she found out that that was the case? Well, she did find out in the movie, but I think, I think what they were going for with this is that Sydney knows that it's not the girl's fault type of situation. Like, yeah, no, that's true. Well, I guess, and um, I guess I'm forgetting. When did she find out in the movie that that was the daughter? I thought the girl just says it. I thought she goes, "Just so you know, I'm I'm Billy's daughter." Oh, you could be right. I thought I I thought it was something where she was like, "Hey, so you're." She was kind of saying, "Gonna say like, so you're basically implying that she knew that that was Billy's daughter." And she's like, "Yeah, I'm Billy's daughter." Well, but I, I could be wrong it, again. It's it been could a while. be somebody else says it. I think maybe then. Yeah, oh, that's possible. No, that's it's when the killers are fucking monologuing. One of them says it. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, when the killers are monologuing, they talk about how they're bringing it full circle because they're going to do this and this, and they're going to kill. They're going to frame Billy's daughter. Okay. That killed I thought Sydney. somehow she knew before that but no, yeah again no, no. it's been a while okay um it's been a while the movie's been out for like six days <laughs> i know but it's been a while since i saw it six days ago um another thing too that i don't i'm not i feel like it is a big trope in movies lately is just the idea that because somebody's parent or whatever was a killer that it just automatically assumes that this other person they're you know, like Sam in this movie, you know, she's like afraid that she's going to become a serial killer just because her dad was. And I feel like that's a trope that I see a lot lately of like, I got that serial killer gene, you know, kind of thing. And I just feel like that is a played out thing that I don't know. I just, I feel like why why is that always the angle they go with it where it's like oh then they're probably also going to be a killer or the person themselves thinking they're going to be a killer you know what I mean Sadly that's not actually a new thing that's just a very common uh trope in general when it comes to killers and stuff like that like even just in real life that's a kind yeah. of common. I guess maybe I haven't noticed it until the past couple of years more, I guess. But yeah, I mean, I guess it's been around for a while, but it's just one of those that do we have to keep doing that as well? <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, I get it. Or like, why does the killer always have to be the boyfriend? Right. Like, can can some killers not be the boyfriend? I thought we solved that in Scream 2, guys. 
when it wasn't right. the boyfriend. Which I just thought of something. And I'm going to talk about some other stuff while I look it up. Um, but going back to what you were saying, it's, it's to me, one of the things that kind of drives me nuts with some of that stuff is it like, Oh, my father's a killer or whatever. So I'm, uh, so I'm crazy, you know, that very much was a thing in this movie. And I did Mm -hmm. finish looking it up. Sydney officially, I guess in these movies is with Patrick Dempsey's character from scream three. Really? The cop. Yeah. Okay. Huh? Cause she says in this movie, like somebody says, how's Mark or whatever, or like the kids are with Mark or something like that. And his character's name was Mark. Oh. I don't remember that from scream four. But yep, I don't either. Yeah, she is with Mark. I mean, I guess in the fourth one, they I don't think they mention anything about her like personal life. <laughs> Isn't she touring something though? A book or something? I don't remember. Oh yeah, she wrote the book about like being the survivor. Yeah, she started writing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nope. She is married to uh, Patrick Dempsey. Okay, I I accept that. I like that. I didn't remember that was his name, but yeah, I will accept that. Another full circle type of thing. Hmm. I didn't realize that like. One guy has done the voice of Scream, I think, since the first one. Yeah. The guy, Roger Jackson, is actually credited with the Scream voice in all the movies. Nice. Yeah, I didn't realize that. That's cool. I do also like how they kind of did a little small tribute to uh, Wes Craven in this. Um, with naming one of the characters Wes and then even that scene at the party when they're like to Wes or whatever it is and then at the end of the movie so that was kind of a cool little small thing they put in it yeah and then one of the streets that one of the characters lives on oh uh, Tara Tara lives on Elm Street oh nice I didn't realize that one (laughs) that's cool and they go by the, the street sign at one point they uh Go by like a little street sign. It says Elm Street on it. So, yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. I liked that they did that. Yeah, because this is the first movie he did not direct. Right. So, I mean, I don't think these people did a bad job. I just think they tried. Honestly, I think that it's like they tried too hard, you know, to be a requel or a seaboot. Seaboot is such a better word than requel. It is a better word. The more you say it, I'm like, yeah, seaboot's better. But yeah, with them trying to do that and make the rules of it like they did with Scream, it's just, 
this franchise is a little too stuck on that idea. Like that really worked in the first movie. And, and, and I think it worked well in the second movie too, with Randy going, well, this is the rules of a sequel, you know? Yeah. And then Randy being like his tape version, this is the rules of the, the end of a trilogy, you know, but it really yeah. worked in the first couple of movies. And now it just kind of feels a little stale. Like, this is the move, you know, like they tried to do it in the fourth one. Like this is the rules of, I don't know, scream in the two thousands or whatever, or not the two thousands, but like whatever the fuck they were doing in that movie. And then they were like, you know, this is the rules of scream with a recall. I'm like, Ugh. yeah, it's a C boot. And Randy would have given you better rules. <laughs> yep. It's just, I don't know. I think that they, they should have taken the time in this one to maybe try to give this movie its own voice. Yeah. You know, and I just think it went, you know, everything has to go back to the original now. And it's just like, get the fuck over the originals. Yeah. yeah and I, and also kind point? of, what you were saying too about Randy's um, niece and nephew, you know, and how they're the, the girl twin is supposed to kind of be the new Randy and everything. I I do agree. I, I, and it's weird because I feel like it's odd that they keep wanting to watch these movies when they're watching like their uncle get killed. (laughs) Um, You know what I mean? But yeah, it's, I do agree. I think that they, um, they they kind of made her a little bit too they they tried too hard with her with that and and you said it dead on too with like she lacked the charm um you know she had the knowledge and whatever what she's saying was fine but yeah she's not yeah she she was more removed from that like as far as yeah she she just didn't have the charm or it didn't stick the way that it did when when Randy was talking about it. Right. So it's, it just had a very different feel that didn't gel quite the same way. Well, like in her defense, Randy does not die in the stab movie or the Randy character doesn't. Cause he doesn't die in the first one. He does die in the second, but it's still related to his death. And that's what I think is weird right. is because her whole little spiel about everything. And why requels are a thing now because people are watching these movies as kids because their parents show it to them and they bond with it and all this stuff. So you're telling me that your mother and you bonded over the franchise that ultimately got your uncle killed. Right. Yeah. That that are about your uncle dying. And you and your mom was like a Friday night and you're like eight, like eight years old. And she goes, you know what? you now need to see the movies that are the story about how your uncle ended up dying. Right. Yeah. No, that doesn't really make sense. Yeah. And and that's the thing is that's what I mean. They're trying too hard to justify those things. It doesn't make any sense. Like, especially in, in, in this, in this city, because everybody knows that the stab movies are based on Westboro and what happened there and all kinds of shit. But nobody knows that's Stu Mocker's house. 
but apparently her friend knows that her sister's or her friend's sister is Billy's daughter because her mom's a drunk and it's a small town, but nobody knows it's Stumacher's house. Get the fuck out of here. Right. Yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> that That's a very flawed thing that they probably thought nobody would catch. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, I also think it is interesting that the people in this movie that would have had more motive to be the ones being the killer are just not the ones like it's it's the ones who have the least legitimate, in a sense, for lack of a better word, motive to do it. You know, it could have been it could have been the twins because they're wanting the revenge on, you know, their uncle dying and the people who let him die, the originals and all the people related to them they would have had better motive. And again, like I was saying, Tara about finding out that her mom cheated on her dad, like that would have been a better motive, but it's just the people who are, you know, the super fans, the, the ultimate fans and the wanting to just recreate that, like that, that's the people who it was instead of the ones who would have had actual other more, um, I guess, profound motives, if you will. Well, yeah, and to go back to what you were saying earlier, I don't necessarily think that these people thought that no one would notice some of these things. I, for one, think that they didn't notice them. Or Mm. two, they just don't care. And they were a little lazy. (laughs) I mean, it could be either one or they realized like, oops, and then they just were too lazy to fix it. So in either case, yeah, it's most likely the whole we were we got lazy. We got sloppy with it. Because, yeah, then somehow Sydney, who hasn't been there in how long, like she's like, oh, you're at their house. Like what's his name? Stu. What was his name? Stu Mocker. Stu Mocker. Yeah. You're at Stu Mocker's house. You know, like she's the one who knew who hasn't been in town in how many years? But well, even yeah. Gail, I mean, Gail knew that like, but that's the thing is every like everybody from the original knew what it was. I'm just like, it's so mm-hmm. weird that people in this town are obsessed with this movie franchise yet don't know that house. Also, why has right. the sheriffs who who's she's very overprotective of her son? Why has she never been like, hey, why did your friend Amber move into Stu Mocker's house? Right. You know, yep. Like that's just a little weird. Yep. That is definitely a good point. Yeah, I mean I and I do get that, like I mean, Sydney almost died in that house. Like I get why she would remember it, <laughs> but it's just like again, this whole like she's she hasn't been sitting there researching it and like you know, fangirling over it, like all of the people in this movie who apparently watch this all day, every day, you know? So it's just kind of like they all would have equally had to have known that. So I agree. Yeah. Anyway, I'm tired of this movie. I'm done. You got I think you're just tired you in say? general. I am, but I'm especially tired of this movie. 
<laughs> no, I'm good. I mean, yeah, like I said, so many flaws, so many things that don't make sense or add up, but for whatever reason, it was still entertaining. So, yeah. Yeah. That's fair. It's whatever to me. Somewhere between a 50 and a 60. Not enough for me to care to give it any of an actual number in there, though. <laughs> so, if you really liked it, give it a 60. If you really didn't like it, give it a 50. Or worse, who cares? Who cares at this point? So, anyway, on that note, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Simulators Podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.simulators.com or Twitter and Facebook, or no, our Facebook, where we're Simulators Podcast. Or Twitter and Instagram, where we're cinema underscore slayers, or TikTok, where we're cinema slayers pod. Uh, give us a five star rating and review. We'd really appreciate it. Get, shout out to Plug Migo and Mundo Ochoa for our theme song and logos, respectively. Uh, tell your family, tell your friends, tell your family's friends, tell your friends' families. But most of all, tell those dear sweet mothers because they love some 1996 Nev Campbell. And I get it because 1996 Nev Campbell was the shit. So they'll like this because Nev's back in 2022. So tell the mothers that. And as I end uh, all my, all, all my TikToks in this podcast, just remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight is the best picture winner. Nobody knows anything but you. All right. Are you ready? Yes. Come on. Cinema Slayers. This is where you insert Jastin singing something. Nah, fuck him and his singing. Mr. I'm too good to watch scream. Rather watch Macbeth. Mr. I love highbrow Macbeth and not scream. Do 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 do. I'm Justin. And I think the one reason why I'm staying on that is just because he actually used the words highbrow. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm just going to keep randomly saying that. Highbrow Justin. That's his new nickname. Mm-hmm. That should be his new wrestling name. Yes, Jastin Highbrow Taylor. Yes. And he should Jastin, just come something out to think like, about. Just be like, I'm better than all of you because I'm highbrow. What does that even mean? Are they talking about your eyebrows? Is it because they're thinking like highbrow people like tilt their heads up? Yeah, I think so. If not, that's what I'm going with. Just like C <laughs> That's what I thought it meant. A C boot is just infinitely better than a requel. Yes. Oh man, that, I think that's the best word I've ever come up with. A C boot. A C boot. Yeah. <laughs>